Thank you for listening to From the Friar. This is Ellie. And this is Leon. Thank you all so much for joining us on another episode. Today we'll be talking about Before the 90 Days, Season 5, Episode 18, Tell All Part 2. Overall, I think it was pretty annoying. I don't think it was as good as Part 1. I don't think so either. I enjoyed the sort of every couple was ready to talk shit about everyone else. I hated that. Or or it was maybe because they felt offended by how much everyone came at them that they said, you know, when it's their segment, I'm coming after them. I almost feel like everyone was projecting onto everyone else. Everyone says, oh, you're really fucked up, so I'm not, is what everyone was trying to do. But to me, it came off as very almost offensive and it didn't work. For example... Kim couldn't hear anything about her own relationship, but she was the loudest during everyone else's segments. Right. It's almost like you're judging everyone else, but sort of we all know the kind of shit you're going through in your relationship. We saw it play out. I'm trying to put myself in their shoes, but I really think I would just keep to myself and be like, yeah, I'm going to be in the hot seat soon. I don't want to give anyone any more ammo. It's got to be hard because, you know, production must sort of prep them for the show of like, hey, this is what we expect. We want to get your opinion on other the other relationships. Uh, so, so it's sort of probably... I think advised, it's expected. Right. You're probably advised like you can't stay quiet. Exactly. Of course, you can't stay quiet. You can tell the way the editing was done that they were asking individual people for their opinions. So you can't really avoid that. I would maybe just say nicer things. I don't know. Do you want to start with Kim and Usman? Yeah, I I think so. I think that's a fine place to start. We're kind of back where we left off during the first part of the tell-all. Kim is outside. She's crying. Jamal comes to comfort her. And this entire time as she's walking out and leaving, and then when she eventually returns, Usman's just yelling at her. I completely agree with Jamal when he says, if you really felt like you didn't do anything wrong, you wouldn't be yelling and so defensive. Right, you he knows of, he fucked up. You kind of just stay like, yes, this happened. It's, it's not a big deal. I own up to it. Like not, Nothing came of this. This part kind of killed me. Kim says she doesn't really know what to make of what's going on because Usman has always been open and honest with her. And he absolutely has not been. We talked about it while watching the show is that there are certain questions that maybe folks have asked production not to ask, but something as simple as why did you call Zara in the first place? Like... I don't understand why they didn't come up. And then just let him answer that. Ask the simple question. What was, if if you have no feelings, whatever he was saying, what is the point of calling her? And here's another rub. He's already talked to Kim about, you know, having another wife, to have children. Why don't you just communicate to her that you think Zara is a possible person to fulfill that role? Yeah, if you've already talked about Which, it and someone is going to fill that role, why wouldn't you... Because it seems like the way, yeah, the way he's acted towards Kim about Zara, it's almost Kim dislikes Zara now. During the season, she called her a bitch. Right. Where if he was a bit more upfront, she would sort of have to call, you know, call that bet because she said, I'm okay with him having another wife that probably have kids. And if he says, well, this is that person. Well, she would have to say yes or no or decide to continue on. Right. Not too much happened with them. It was a continuation of the last episode and nothing was nothing was resolved because she said, oh, we'll talk about this later. 
Right, which is kind of the whole point of this tell-all. Like, we yeah. want to talk about this now. I feel like everyone kind of tried to say that. Oh, I'm going to talk to them after. Maybe there's a benefit to them saying that as far as future seasons. Maybe, yeah. To be continued. Ella and Johnny. We see a clip of her breaking the news to Johnny that she cheated on him, and it was really uncomfortable seeing her smile at this clip. You said you thought it was a nervous smile, which I understand, but... Well, we felt like she was smiling when she actually called Johnny and told him. Well, she was, yeah. And now she's smiling again. Maybe it's just one of those inappropriate, automatic... Yeah, maybe nervous, maybe nervous, nervous smiles. I do find it interesting that she didn't back down. I mean, it was like... She doubled down on... It was like you owned the cheating. But some of the stuff she said was just too, too much. She doubled down on the fact that physical touch is her love language. Everybody went in on her. Because it doesn't make any sense and you shouldn't be in a long distance relationship. You did this to yourself. You were purposely seeking out a long distance relationship. Why? It's even more odd that... Why are you in a long distance relationship where you have the options to get men to you? Yeah. Or call someone we over. Found out. That call, is an option. Or call someone over to just hang out and then mm-hmm. you end up poking. Like, what? what is the whole goal of this long term relation, long distance relationship? At one point, Kim says that she wouldn't be hurt if Johnny cheated on her, if the roles were reversed. And that's absolute bullshit. This woman has. A lot of reactions to everyday things or things not going her way. If Johnny never discussed bringing someone else into their relationship and just took it upon himself, I think she would have a really big problem with it. There seems to be a vibe like Ella would be okay with an open relationship, but it seems like Johnny's culture like that is not nowhere close to the norm. I wish one of the cast members brought up the fact of he's saying, well, here, that's not okay. That's not something we do. And I feel like someone on the cast should have said, I don't think the expectation is to have an open relationship in every relationship. And so I wish someone kind of spoke up and said, well, it's usually everyone's consenting to this. Yeah, I I think in the end, everyone is really spot on about, you know, you really don't need to be in this type of relationship if you are so dependent on physical touch. Jasmine brought up a great question because me and you thought this as well. She asked, did you actually cheat or was it just to put pressure on him to come? I thought it was kind of corny that she took her time to answer this. (laughs) It might have been editing. I hope it was editing, maybe. Maybe. But she says yes, that she did cheat on him. But that was a theory we had. Did it even actually happen or was it something that was made up to say, hey, you better you better act Mm because things are happening. Now, this is where it got spicy. We find out that she contacted a guy and had him fly out to Idaho to spend her birthday with her. Just a friend. And to help him save money, she had him stay overnight at her house. Apparently in her guest room, which I don't buy. I believe Sean asked, like, this is on the dating app. Exactly. So... Ella claims that they met on an Asian people chat. And I took that as AKA the dating site that she met Johnny on. Yeah. Translation, a dating site. That's another, that's another thing. And no one brought that up. Like, why are you still using these apps? Maybe you could use these applications, you know, just to meet people of common interest. But in her case, she's seeking people for a relationship. She's seeking an Asian man. 
So it's very specific what her intention is here. It is not just... She's not like on some general forum no, to meet friends. No, it is very specific and it's very specific because that's her interest. If your love interest is an Asian man and you're on an app to talk to Asian, Asian men, men and you invite that man over, I feel like we're getting really clouded here. There, it's very easy to think the worst. Right. The gray lines are going to like the black or something. <laughs> yeah. Like the wrong. Yeah. So this is what I don't understand. When we saw her house, it's a very small house. Mm -hmm. It's her and a roommate. I do not believe three bedrooms could fit in this house. It, it did look very uh, quaint, very small. It was a nice home. It's just smaller. Yeah, right. So I feel like I don't think there's a third bedroom in here. So in my mind, there was a shared sleeping situation. Oh, maybe he slept with the roommate. <laughs> we don't know. I mean, I guess. We don't know. Like, she might have invited a friend over, and then he ended up sleeping with a roommate. I don't know. But maybe, don't maybe, so. maybe it's just a nice way to put, like, they crashed on my couch. Instead of saying they crashed on my couch. No. She said he stayed in the spare bedroom. I don't think there's a spare bedroom. If he crashed on the couch, I think she would say well, he crashed on the couch. Probably no. Her roommate could have moved out. Like, anything is possible. She is so tight on money. I don't see her being able to keep her rent or mortgage without that roommate. That's fair. I'm just trying to do devil's advocate, alternate ideas. That's awesome true. Possibilities. I mean, I love conspiracies. So we find out that Johnny had no idea, but Ella keeps trying to maintain that they had a conversation after it happened. Oh yeah, that was she was caught in a lie on that one. Absolutely, because she said she 100% asked for permission or something yep, like that. But why are we changing the story when just before you said we talked about it afterwards? See? Fishy. Memphis asks Ella, are you a grown adult? Says the woman that says, Miko poopy. Can we not? Don't, don't question people when you say things like that. When Sean asks, there's no kiss on the lips? Nothing? Ella responded with, not this one. No. Mm. Not this mm. one. Yeah. I'm reading into that. That's a choice of words. Could have just said no. But you said, not this one. Also, way to, way to treat the person like a piece of meat. Just like, yeah. Eh, not this one. Not that other one. We find out that Johnny will be coming to the U.S. just after February. So I don't know if that means early March. I'm very curious to see if this actually happened. If we're going to get kind of any indication on social media. Because I know they can't really reveal too much while the show is on. I was actually going to ask if you had any details on this. I don't. I mean, are they confirmed to be on any other show? No one is, no. Hmm. Then everyone goes backstage after this segment and they're all talking mad shit. Like, they don't have their own shit. Kim says that she doesn't respect people who don't own up to their shit. But what about Usman? He never told you about Zara. He didn't own up to it. He was caught. Never even gave you the why. No. Kim, bring this same energy with your man. And then I just feel super bad for Johnny because then he blames himself again. He says it's not her fault, indicating that he takes responsibility for her needs not being met. And it's just really sad. Anything else on them? No, I just, I do think Ella got a little bit too much of a beating from the crew. I think, yeah, exactly. From everyone else. Just I a think, little too much. I think hard questions are totally warranted from Sean. That's why we're here, of course, and get people's opinions, sure. But people went ham. 
Again, come at your partner with that energy. Yeah. You love this random person you don't even know. Gino and Jasmine. We see a flashback of Jasmine finding out about the nudes that Gino sent his ex. Gino says it wasn't nude pictures, plural, and that it was accidental, that he selected more than the amount of photos he thought he did to send to his ex. Do you buy that? I don't. It just, I don't know. Gino's just lied so many times. Yeah. I honestly believe very, very little of anything he says. And also not only that. Also, it was crazy to watch Jasmine again going through this episode. <laughs> it, it feels was, like so long ago too. But it was fierce. Like like her emotions were going thousand percent. Yeah. And also the fact that he sent the photos over a period of time. You made that mistake three times. No. No, you didn't. Well then Sean tries to make him clarify, like, oh, does Jasmine have does not have her story straight? That you sent uh, a picture, text, picture, text, you know, picture? Yeah. And just the way Gino responds, like, it's almost like when he's caught in the lie. I just, I just don't buy it. I really don't. I think it was more of what it kind of was initially of X was sending me pictures of her current boyfriend and how maybe awesome or good looking or buff or yeah, hair exactly. or whatever it was. It was like in retaliation. Right. And then he was like, all right, well, fuck you. Look at my new hot girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, and you got caught. Which that's a weird story too, because if the ex-girlfriend was doing that to him, then he did it back. Why would you then sort of turn him in? Because it's the perfect bait. Interesting. Also, she probably didn't send right. her man's junk to Right, him. right. That's true. He probably went a little over the top. Yeah. He's going to one-up her. I do. I find it hilarious when Gino calls him partial nudes. Like, dude, it's a fucking nude. I hate that. It's a fucking nude. Yeah. It's a photo she did not want out. That was privately for you. It doesn't even matter what the hell it is. Private photo. Don't send it anywhere. Jasmine says to this day she has never seen the text messages on his phone because he deleted the messages. So if we need any further proof that he knew what he was doing, it's all right there. During the break, Ben met up with Gino and said that they should spend good money on a therapist. He says, as a pastor, I have counseled many couples, but that clearly has not helped him in his own relationships. He's like, maybe I should have been counseling my own marriage. No shit. Of all fucking people, I'm like, bro, you might be the one getting the most bamboozled over there. Yeah. I mean, you got your partner showing you a fucking Airbnb. I mean, come on, dude. Yep. Let's just go into them because... I feel like a lot happened. Ben and Mahogany. In their flashback, we see all the communication issues that have been going on in their relationship. Hamza asked a good question. Why didn't Memphis meet him at the airport? She says that she called and texted him before, basically saying not to come, which is completely valid and accurate. So why would she meet him? I believe they called it, it gave me a... The fact that she says, don't come, you kept going and seeking her out. I think she, they said perverted, but oh, wouldn't that, it be more predator? Jasmine said, you chasing her gives me pervert vibes. I mean, she's not wrong. He's like too obsessive. It's been three months. Yeah, I mean, three months is a very short time. And even the fact that while we were watching him, I'm going backwards here, but when he says like, I'll love you forever. I'm like, dude, you yeah. talked to this human for three months. You're going way too hard, way too fast. Mahogany admits she told Ben she was one year older, but it was two years. Lies on lies. Well, then Sean asks, 
why did just a year? What's, yeah. what's the point of that? And then Mahogany's the has some shit like, oh, you know, someone knew. I don't think they should know everything about you. People online should not know everything about you, which agreed, but you can just not talk to them. I feel like I, the only people that age themselves up are people that want to see more mature and more attractive to certain people. And I feel like that was the case here. I might have mentioned it in previous episodes, but do you want my prediction of why I think that was such a big deal? Sure. I think it was a big deal because now the new age is either the same or right next to Ben's oldest child. Yeah, he said that. that well, the age of his daughter. Which I think that's why it became a big deal. But it wasn't a big deal. Well, it was for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Got but, over that real fast. But another question that wasn't asked, and they definitely weren't there at the tell-all, was, you know, now that you've known Mahogany for some time, um, how does your family feel about her? Yeah. Well, how do your kids feel about her? Because that's the reason, apparently, that he broke up with his last girlfriend or fiance. She didn't accept his children. So, how does Mahogany feel about being a step-parent? Has she started growing relationships with your children? And I guess they're still, I mean, they're not even engaged. So we're kind of jumping a few hoops here. But Nope. If you don't give a shit about these kids and that's a deal breaker for him, why are you even here? There should at least be a conversation about the kids, right? Yeah, I think you're right. And that's never been brought up. Nope. When they're together. I think they're just dealing with so much other shit that they don't even get to talk about serious things like no. that. They're trying to just communicate at all. Then Jessica enters the chat. So Jessica commented on one of my posts on Instagram last week about her. And after seeing this episode, I don't regret anything I said. It's still accurate. It still holds water. What was in the Instagram post? Oh, I can read it to you if you want. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I posted a screenshot from the preview last week. And my joke was, as Pedro would say, you the snake. Because this girl gave these text messages to production instead of going to Jasmine directly. I think that's sketchy. That's not really girl code friendly. She commented back on my post. Now let me clarify. I did not tag her. I'm not, I'm not trying to interact with her. Just posting on the, the regular hashtag. Right. She says... Go to Jasmine about a casual conversation because we're all supporting one another. You don't know the story, so maybe it's had over the top to name call and make assumptions. Let's do better as human beings. I replied, why go on the show if there was no issue? No one would have known. Why call her crazy? Let's do better. She replied, LOL, I don't make the rules of who goes on the show, and I certainly didn't sign up to get attacked and name called by her. Again, Lack of knowledge, but I really don't care to defend myself further. The people involved know the story. Best wishes. And I don't need to interact with her. I just hearted it. Move on, whatever. But she's clearly sensitive and looking through the hashtags. So I saw these comments after we have recorded the episode, but prior to editing. So I took out about 80% of what the shit I talked about her just because I'm like, Overall, I don't want to hurt people's feelings, and she's clearly really sensitive about this, so I'll just leave in my main points I wanted to make about her. Seeing her on this episode, wild. You're talking about, oh, I didn't sign up to get name-called, I didn't sign up to be on this show, but you chose to go on the show, you chose to use the language you did, 
you are shaming mahogany, even though your friend is not one to be proud of. Do you think she, well, it's sort of confirmed that she's sort of trying to get attention now or some traction with her one second of fame? Yeah, so she was only on for 30 seconds in in the whole season and then changed her bio to 90 Day Cast Member. She made an Instagram at that time of her name underscore 90 Day. She, in her bio, she says, for bookings, contact this person. She's clearly looking through the hashtags. I mean, come on. Right, You're saying right. you didn't want any involvement in this? Then don't go on. Also, right. everyone gets chewed up and spit out on this show. Everyone knows that. There's so much history on this show. You know what you're signing in for. It's Everything's going to be taken out of context. If you cared about how you were viewed and didn't want to be called names, you do not sign up for this show. Example, me and Leon were invited to be on House Hunters. We said, hell no, because I don't, I don't need my opinions, thoughts, anything being torn apart. Let's put it out that that was also a soft invite. Our real estate agent had previously worked with House Hunters and said, hey, you'd, you know, you'd be great on the show. Yeah. Would you like to be on? And we were like, no, no. <laughs> like, and did, we didn't even need to talk no, about it with each just, other. Just, no. Instantly looked at each other and just said, no, thank you. I appreciate it. Compliment, but no. We, no one needs to hear my opinions on other people's houses. They don't need to see what house I pick. That's right. weird. And no. And yeah. so to say, well, I don't pick who goes on this show. You signed that contract. You said you wanted to be on that show. Also, you're calling people names. You're yelling at people. You're judging people. You are judging other people's relationships. Anyway, that was a real big side rant. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I think it's almost like um, everyone should take any any kind of reality TV, you know, podcasting, definitely with the big banner of entertainment purposes only. Yes. Like, like for example, like I never purposely go out to talk to anyone. I don't tag right, anyone. Right, right. It's just like, it's entertainment. I, like I might we can talk shit about Usman, but I mean I see him in real life, I'll be like, yo, what's up, coach <laughs> boy? I'll be like, hey, how you doing? Give him a, you know, give him a dap dap him up. And I'll let like, him know that fire is a banger. I'll be like, hey man, <laughs> I, I think you did Kim Rom and Colin Zara. But I'm not I'm not gonna go in no. on the dude meeting him and like that's just no. I'm not going in on anyone. Like it's it's fine. I take yeah. the show for what it is and we leave it at that. I'm not gonna seek you out. Right. No. But just hey, just be warned. If you go on these shows, you're you're open for you, all that you criticism. Are, you are open for these these opinion pieces. Just you just got to be careful. But going back to the show, Jessica asks why Mahogany would ask for a thousand dollars. I mean, valid question. Mahogany says it was simply a borrow that she had every intention to pay him back. But Ben said he didn't want it back. Ben said it was worth it. That for the first time in his life, he felt something like love. This man has four children, has been married, has four children. That's all. Jessica asked Mahogany, why would you not ask your parents for a loan? And newsflash, not everyone's parents have money to loan to their children. I think the majority don't. Yeah, I would, especially here. I mean, come on. Most people don't even have savings. No. Like we definitely don't have money to just be loaning out to folks. Jessica goes on to then shame Mahogany and says, I found your Instagram and Facebook page and there was nothing but provocative photos. Who cares? This is a 21, 22 year old girl living her life. Who cares? Also, that kind of shows how much she's sort of into this or sort of 
getting inter- intertwined with everything sort of in this in this context of 90 day and yeah looking up people's profiles and she asks how are you too shy to facetime the man you love but you are promiscuous for the rest of the internet to see that's not an awful point but also not your business you are not in a relationship with her your friend should be smart enough to think of that Now, you can go to your friend and say, hey, does this make sense to you? This person is posting all of these photos, but cannot FaceTime you directly. Isn't that a red flag? Sure. But to go to that person and say, you're dressing slutty. Come on. That's what I don't like. People don't go to their friend and hold their friend accountable. You, it's easy to blame and name call someone else you don't know. I thought it was funny when Mahogany said that the first time that Ben offered to video chat, he made it in context of like a date And she said she didn't want to date like that with an old man. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So you didn't see this part when Ben went back to Peru after he had left. I didn't know he ended up going back. I mean, we saw an image. I wonder if that image was from the trip of going back. I know, like at the mall. I want to know the timing. Yeah. Ben ended up going to the same restaurant that Mahogany originally stood him up at. She stood him up again, but really, like, for real this time. She showed up the first time, like, a couple hours late. She didn't show up at all this time. He went to the beach after being stood up and found her at the beach. Weird. Why would she just be there? I don't understand how this all worked out. Oh, my God. What if it was, like, Instagram posts? I know that location. I'm going to go to the beach. Oh, that's creepy. But I don't put it past him at all. That'd be creepy. I also don't like that Ben sort of equates his lack of giving up and being on the hunt as like a strength even though the person at one point said like don't come here it's not okay It, it is kind of creepy the lion analogy he gave was super creepy and the fact that he thinks he's being he's persevering no you're creeping this woman out Ben saw her again the next day at the beach, and he said he let her have it. He was breaking up with her. He was just telling her everything that he should have told her from the beginning. And then she finally said that she loved him. Reeled him back in real fast. I still don't know what her endgame is because... No, it's unlike, not to be in a relationship with him. Well, unlike Jimena and Mike, where that's like, you know, monetary. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't have no idea what this is. Towards the end of their segment, Mahogany said that he was returning to Peru to speak with her and spend time with her without the cameras. She didn't know any of this footage was being used for the show. So she feels kind of duped. Uh, But wouldn't, if you didn't know it was going to be used for the show, wouldn't it almost be more more real, more honest? You know, in your mind, this isn't going to go on TV. This is nothing's going to come up. She thought these videos that he was taking of her were private. Which is a pretty big breach in trust. It, it is. I'm just, yeah, I don't know. I'm just thinking of it from a, are we getting your real feelings now on, on this version? Yeah. Then there's an entire segment of arguing between Jessica, Mahogany, Ben, other cast members. And then quickly the relationship between Ben and Jessica deteriorates. That was really strange to me. I don't. I don't know why we needed a whole segment of this. Uh, I, one, I don't really care. And no. And I have no idea. I guess Ben called her dramatic. And she he, likes drama. And and he told her that to her face when they were on, on screen. And then when Mahogany repeated it, he shook his head yes. And then 
Jessica kind of like blew up on them and was saying that he's narcissistic. Uh, narcissistic and I was like, okay, I you're like, I don't, this isn't why I'm watching this show. Like, no. I, I don't care if you don't like him. Yeah, like this had no, there was no reason for this because it doesn't affect any single person that's actually on the show. No. Then Kim calls Mahogany a little girl and that was weird. Why is Kim in everyone's business when she doesn't want anyone in her business? That's all I kept saying throughout the entire episode. It it was because she was just very strong with her opinions. Too much. And again, like no one on this on this panel is in a perfect relationship. So it was almost like we grew tired of just like, okay, you can you need to stop having such a strong opinion about every single couple. Yeah. Memphis and Hamza. In the middle of taping, Memphis got up and said she wasn't feeling well. She came back and said that she was leaving due to the illness. And that was their segment. We got nothing of them. I have just a small theory on that. I mean, she must have semi-recently gave birth to a child. But my alternate suspicion is that, you know, as you're there in the cast, the lights are on. You're seeing how everyone is going in on everyone and you just see it get closer to you right it's nearing your time and maybe she just didn't maybe that caused her to get sick or those those feelings and she's like i cannot take this at this moment in time yeah which is kind of a bummer because i I would have loved to uh, see what everyone else thought of their relationship exactly or or even you know i go poo poo or whatever the fuck she was saying (laughs) she had a lot to be criticized about and i don't think she wanted to hear that whether that means her illness was real or not, that stress could have given given her a headache and made her sick. Yeah. Or she could just say she has a headache and she's getting sick. I mean, either way, I just don't feel like she could face the criticism that everyone else was facing. I was happy that we got to know that, well, sadly, Hamza wasn't able to make it to the birth of his child. Yeah, we were all kind of wondering that. But he did get to meet the baby when they were five weeks old. So still quite young. And I hope they're doing well and happy and thriving. And I, there's rumors going around online that they're already separated. So I have no idea what's true. There's really not been anything from them. So we'll see if anything comes out. And last but not least, Jimena and her ex. Now, at this point, there's some kind of confusion if they're together or not. But I'm going to go ahead for now because we know how it ends. Continuing to call him her ex. We see the end footage of them breaking up and him finally leaving. After this is recapped, her ex says that he didn't mean to call her stupid. He meant to say, I'm stupid. No, no. He knew what he was saying and he meant it. You could see it in his face when he said it. He did not mean I'm stupid. There's also another one of Kim just expressing her opinions on this relationship. And, you know, oh, I know a lot of ladies in San Diego that... Ask about you. Ask about you. I'm like, who gives a fuck? Just shut up. Let me listen to their spiel. I want to see what they're going through. Everyone went so hard on Jimena. They did. It's not fair. They don't. I guess at this point, no one really knew because we didn't know until a few weeks ago. So there's no way they would know. So I'm trying to give them grace on that. But it's hard because I really don't like this guy. I felt like this entire segment was everyone just talking shit about Jimena. And we got very few questions about Jimena, her ex, how they got to this point, where they are now, and details about what happened throughout the season. I feel like most of their segment was just, 
Let's have every cast member give their opinion. How, how does that work? Because they essentially fully broke up. Do you think they sort of had a some kind of conversation of like, let's work through this? But also, at that point, Mike could have just said, you know, I'm not going to pay for your rent. Like, I want to build this relationship yeah. off like an honest relationship. I don't want it to be about money. I have a feeling he's scared to go through that process because he'll quickly find out that Jimena is, you know, that's the transaction, right? That's she, the transaction. Um, yeah. He, no, he won't go through he, that process. He knows. And, and it's funny. It's It was interesting to see him be so con- conflicted. But I'm like, what are you conflicted about? Like, she's actually told you to your face that she doesn't love you. Yeah. And she's sort of egging you on. And, and your friend John and, and Nelsie and actually everyone on the cast, man, they are seeing what you're going through. And mind you, I'm not saying her ex is a good person at all. I'm just, I'm, you know, just from the optics of like, you're clearly supporting this woman and it's just a monetary thing. Like you're almost supporting her whole family. Yeah. I don't know why you're conflicted. It's just so obvious. But also he is the one that created this arrangement. He said, yes, yes. you quit your job. I'll take care of you. And that means all of the above. I hate that we didn't talk about this at all on the tell-all. Like, we found out right. that Jasmine and Gino met on a sugar baby site, and this was kind of their arrangement, but we didn't cover it or that. touch it at all for Jimena and her ex about how he arranged, basically, I'm buying you and your time, not these other people looking at you on this webcam. But isn't it fascinating that they don't even ask those questions? No, nothing. Uh, actually, to that extent, even Gino and... Uh, Jasmine, of you were talking shit about sugar babies, but you were on a sugar baby website. Yep. Like, that's that's the shit I want to hear. I want to hear that answered. But I guess, you know, Jasmine said that I, I was unaware of, like, yeah. the extent of the site. And then we moved on. That was it. But we didn't touch anything for Jimena and this guy. Nothing. I thought John's example was actually really good. Like, God forbid something happens mm-hmm. to you, you get hurt, and you can't work or support them. Like, she's fucking gone. You're not going to hear from her. But he has to know that. Right. But he's almost... He refuses to yeah, acknowledge yeah, exactly. the reality exactly. of the situation. Exactly. I absolutely hate that learning English is a top priority to everyone else. She said she doesn't want to come here. Why does she need to learn English? Now... If she wants to, learn it to communicate better with your boyfriend. Sure. But to say everyone's like, yeah, learn English. Ella's saying Inglés. Like, you trying to learn Chinese, Ella? Yeah, I don't see Ella doing any effort at all for her man. So I don't think she should be talking. It just rubbed me the wrong way. Of all things, her ex and the cast members could pick of saying, work on this. They picked learning English. Maybe the best, better answer were... um. We need to work on our communication. Yes. And a way to do that is let's work on whatever language we're going to work on. I don't know. Just, I don't know what it was about being like, you have to learn English. I mean, why does the American get to decide what language their partner is going to speak? What if she turned around and said, you have to move here? Oh, he'd make it happen. Yeah. So I guess he needs to learn Spanish, right? Nelsie and Jimena got into it a lot. Jimena wouldn't even talk to her. She would talk to John a little bit, but that was kind of it. I thought her ex had some balls to tell her to shut up. Yeah. To tell Nelsie yeah. to shut up. Because I feel like Nelsie's very, like, you know, like a strong woman that she'd be like, you ain't fucking telling me to shut up. I can't believe she actually left when Jimena's ex told her to leave. 
I think at that moment she's probably like this. This dude has no chance. No, like, there is no saving him. I'm fucking over this. So she sort of walked out. My opinion is that no one should be trying to save him. You can. I mean, everyone in the end, I think, decided he has to learn this mistake on his own. Okay, so let it be. You can, as a friend, of course, yes, you're going to try to prevent things from happening. I see that. But I can't imagine just going in this hard for months and months and months. I mean, you have to think about how long ago this was taped. I couldn't stand that Jimena's ex did nothing to defend her, let everyone dog on her, but also did nothing to defend the relationship. He had nothing to say. He was sitting there just rubbing his face, rubbing his head, and he can't even speak. It's amazing how fast someone's body language changes when it's them on the podium. Yeah. You remember him, um, how do I say it? Like leaning forward, his arms up on the side of the chair, laughing, smirking. Oh, just have sex. When it's him, he's disheveled. He's sinking down in his chair. He's leaning to the side. He's, um, got, his, he's got his face in his palm, you know, palms. Smashing his, his face. Yeah. It's, it's honestly pretty fascinating to watch. Just the... The, the state of a human being and yeah. just how quickly you can change. I have a feeling she's just getting a lot of vacation trips out of him. I mean, accurate. <laughs> so, yeah, that's kind of it. They are just going to see how it goes. At the end of the tell-all, we see the cast members getting ready to leave the set. Ben says to the camera, the male cast members are really weak. This man's getting played hard and he thinks he's an alpha male. Stop. You asked me if I thought there was an extra hat in Gino's backpack. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Ella said she doesn't want to brag, but her and Johnny are the most stable of all the relationships. I am so curious. wild. I'm so curious if he actually came through. I hope not. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's better for them not to be together, but I don't know. You and your son go on a trip somewhere. Don't don't spend this money to come here. She really thinks they're the most stable. She has been going behind this man's back all the time. Okay, I have a question. What? Which couple do you think is the most stable? Oh, God. The most stable? Like, currently or, like, right now at the tell-all or throughout the season? Right now at the tell At the tell-all. At the tell-all. <laughs> what is the side? Because yeah, I, I know where you're going. At the tell-all. Memphis and Hamza. Yeah. 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 Easy. I'm trying to think of who would even be second. It's honestly probably Ben and Mahogany. No, Gino and Jasmine are pretty. They love each other. But it's not stable. You got to think about like the highs and lows. But Ben Mahogany is not real. But they're, they're there's high, no love. I, I feel like their highs and lows are very tiny versus. There's no high. Well, right. It's that him means, just that chasing means, her. That means they're like in a straight line. It just barely dips down. Barely dips down. To strangers. Is that line just right, strangers? Right, right, right. This steady <laughs> line is the stranger line. I still say Gino and Jasmine. As my second choice. Yeah, I think you're right. Ben and Mahogany is just fraud. And I, I still don't understand their storyline. It's, it's fraud with no money. Yeah. It's weird. I, I don't know. I don't get... Yeah, I don't know the point. Because she clearly doesn't want to be with him. I don't know. Why didn't we talk to Mahogany's parents? Why didn't we ask about the apartment? Yeah. Hey, um, you know, Ben had some interesting questions about the apartment. Was that really your apartment? Yeah. And she could honestly even just say, no, I wasn't comfortable bringing him. Totally valid reason. But the fact that we're still playing on like that's her apartment is wild. I really wanted her parents to be on the show again. What do you think of this relationship now? 
Why did why did we have 15 minutes of Jessica when she was on the show for 30 seconds prior and Mahogany's parents were very key in their storyline? That's a good point. Give me Uncle Marco in Jasmine and Gino sections. I don't know. There's a lot of characters I wish we heard from. Give me Ben's ex-wife. Wow. Yeah. That would be so epic. See, I want all these people. Also on Twitter, people are saying every reunion, there should be like two to three people, like fans, that get to submit questions. That'd be fantastic. I would love to have fans submitted questions. I actually would love the whole tell-all to be kind of fan-directed in a way. Like, all submitted questions. It could be that fans submit the questions and then we vote for which ones we want to be That or just even they can pick them. I just think the audience would have such good questions in comparison to... I'm not shit-talking Sean. I love Sean Robinson. Mm -hmm. But I know her hands are tied. I know they're not letting her ask everything. So if the fans could, that'd be awesome. Like Twitter questions. All right. We're going to shift gears a little bit. We're going to go to Married at First Sight, season 14, episode 13, Popping the Questions. We'll start with Katina and Isaac. We see them on their first grocery shopping trip together. This is five, this is five weeks Come again? into the relationship. Five weeks. This girl's been doing the grocery shopping all on her own as this man is shit-talking her choices in food. Stop. There's a, He has a clear definition of roles and yeah. duties in those roles. And what she will do for him. I'm not even the cook in this household and I go fucking grocery shopping. Yes, because I like the company. <laughs> also, I think it's weird because he talks about roles, but like supporting your wife is like a good role to have. But also, like, I mean, they both work, so they, they have a certain, like, schedule. This is what I can't stand either. He views it as, since she works from home, she doesn't really work. During the shopping trip, Katina says that she's good at cooking lamb, and Isaac says that she has said that about a lot of other things. That's implying she doesn't cook good. I don't think you should cook at all if he is not appreciative. During his interview at the grocery store, Isaac says, I'll have to follow her around or else she'll come back with a bunch of shit I don't want. How about this man just do the grocery shopping? Wouldn't that save a lot of time and energy for both of these individuals? Yeah, I think we talked about this. Is like, rarely cook and I definitely never talk shit about your cooking. We talked about it last week. It's all about picking your battles. You know to eat what I cook. I know not to make you try things that I ordered for myself. During Katina's meeting with Pastor Cal, she brings up the dating app fight. I absolutely hated that Pastor Cal said that Isaac has had some hard times, almost giving him an excuse, it seemed like. I felt like the experts did this multiple times to people who are in hard relationships right now, giving them almost an excuse, and it's not fair. Katina explains how she's still guarding her heart, and that in her head, she knows that nothing lasts forever. And the way she's been treated, I do not blame her for guarding her heart. Because, man, this guy is is not the greatest, and I don't think he's for her. It's almost like his personality just overpowers her. It's way too, it's too strong. Yes. Like she, she doesn't have a voice. She can't get a, yeah, she can't get a word in, in uh, like any, about anything. Nope. And we see the saddest example later on of that. Then we have Isaac meeting with Dr. Pepper. Isaac says that he just wants Katina to keep being Katina and to feel secure. But I feel like Katina is so worn down that he loves this version of her being submissive and quiet. 
not her true self. I love that Dr. Pepper brought up the dinner, how he was lovey-dovey, cool, calm, collected, and then at the last minute decided to bring up the dating app in front of everyone. That was super shady. What was his goal? His goal was to embarrass her. It was. It it, it was totally pre-planned. And it made him look like crap. But he thinks that's really a good idea. He thought, oh, everyone's going to be on my side. Everyone was just confused and it felt awkward and everyone just wanted to go home. Isaac says he absolutely does not talk down to his wife and he does not belittle her. There's no self-reflection. I bet if he saw clips, he would still defend it. Yeah, it would because, well, to him, that would seem normal. Yeah. You know, to us, we're like, that's not normal. Like, we don't talk to our spouses like that. Well, he justifies it by saying, I speak passionately. No, you can speak passionately without putting someone down. He gets extremely defensive during this conversation with Dr. Pepper and says that she's pointing out incidences to make me look like the bad guy. What about speaking passionately when you were questioning, not not the, I can't remember his exact quote, but he was almost like, how have you survived this long? Oh, you're not a real adult. You're there's, not a there's, you're there's, not wife. There's no there's no passion there. You're you're just you're literally just making fun of her. Yep. You're talking down about you her. You were nothing before me, is how I take that. It's almost like, oh wow, you don't know how to cook? Like how do you survive how have you survived? Yeah. She ordered, like everyone else. Get out of here. Yeah, I pulled up my fucking Uber Eats and the food <laughs> showed up. He says if she feels I treat her that way, then she should say no on decision day. And ooh boy, do I agree. Katina, dump him. This is not, this is not your guy. Also, see how he tries to turn it around on her? Like, oh, that's her fault that she feels that way. Well, if there is a misunderstanding between how she is taking something and your intention when you say it, then work on that. Just to put it on her and say, oh, well, that's wrong the way she's taking it. Why not say, how can I say that to make the intention come through clearer? Mm -hmm. I think this conversation would have gone better if Isaac was speaking with Pastor Cal. What do you think? Do you think it would have made a difference at all? Do you think actually this lets us in more on his personality? The fact that it was a woman trying to give him this advice versus a man. That's kind of where I was going. Yeah, that's why I do think it would have gone better with Pastor Cal because that's almost... I don't want to say a reflection, but it's someone he considers an equal or someone that he trusts a little bit more and is more receptive to than maybe Dr. Pepper. That's sad, but true. Yeah. Trust me, I don't want it that way. That's just what I get from the conversations. Lindsay and Mark. They just stress me out. Just their segments, the vibes even through my TV, I do not like. I'm honestly getting to the point where anytime they have a good moment... I just, I just don't believe it. No, like, no, I, it doesn't I, matter. I honestly don't think they're going to work. No. They both have just things that are just, they need help on. They need help separately. They need to fix so much outside of their relationship. I mean, when Mark was talking to Pastor Cal, like, I mean, this dude that was, was essentially, he was fucking breaking down. Yeah. Like, it was hitting him hard. Like, you, there's a lot of things that are impacting you that, like, you do need to work on. And maybe that puts you in a situation where you're not really ready for a relationship. Going back just a little bit in the episode, we start with Lindsay and Mark arguing. Shocker. Lindsay says, all I've asked for is consistency from the beginning. Mark explains that he needs healthy communication. And Lindsay replies, consistency is healthy communication for me. 
Do you notice the language she's using there? For me. We're not mentioning Mark at all. We don't even right. talk about his needs. She doesn't acknowledge his needs. Right. They're not for a, me. They're not a team at that moment. No. Mark is completely right when he mentions that they speak very differently. And that's a big part of their problem. The way Mark speaks and wants to be spoken to is not the way Lindsay is going to speak to him. During this heated conversation, Mark is listing things that he will try, and Lindsay can't say anything that she will do for him or anything that she will try. Mark ends up kind of flipping a little shit to her, and then she says, oh, you don't respect me. So she can't take an ounce of what she dishes out. And yet again, she leaves. She always says she needs consistency and for Mark to reassure her, but she is the one every single episode that says, I'm done. I'm done. Do you want me to leave? I'm leaving. Mark actually calls her out like, I've never said I'm done. I've never left. Mm -hmm. You just, you keep leaving. But it's all on him for not being consistent. That honestly probably puts Mark in an interesting mental state. Like his partner sort of walking out on him. Yeah. During the meeting with Pastor Cal, Mark wants to talk about how he and Lindsay speak and respond to each other and how Lindsay reacts. Pastor Cal says if you don't tell someone how to treat you, they are going to treat you how they want to treat you. But Mark is not allowed to have expectations for Lindsay. Every time he says what he needs, she just doubles down on what she needs. Why do you think that is that they can't sort of come to terms on actions that would help them? Or, well... I guess Mark has done some things, but then Lindsay says, yeah, we try your shit for like a day or two. And then we like, we stop doing it. Mm -hmm. Like, why do you think they can't sort of come to an agreement of like things they can do to help themselves? Because it seems like things they try, they just kind of fizzle out or they stop trying. I really do think that anything that isn't Lindsay's idea, she's not going to accept because she doesn't see value in it and she doesn't want to waste her time on it. Maybe because it's not her thing. She just doesn't give it for the full effort. I agree. This is where we see Mark start to get emotional. Lindsay reminds him of his mother, the fighting, the screaming, and the fights that his mother would pick with his father. Mark says he does fear being his father. And this is the first time that he has even realized that. And that's what's pretty much happening. He just stays quiet and takes it. It's sort of a reflection of the actions his father would have done. Yeah. Uh, when Mark's mom would be either, I, I don't know, belittling him or yelling at him or putting him down or what, whatever the, the case may be. And it seems like that is kind of happening right now in Mark's life, which is, I mean, to him, I can see how that would be pretty scary or he doesn't, you know, his hope was, you know, I don't want to repeat all that. You know, I don't want to be in fights with my partner. I don't want to feel like this. During her meeting with Dr. Pepper, Lindsay brings up consistency. One of the issues that her and Dr. Pepper talked about was forecasting what is going to happen. You shouldn't try to assume what's going to happen or expect what's going to happen. Live in the moment. Talk about what's happening in the moment. I think it was super important what Dr. Pepper said in pointing out that Lindsay talks to Mark through criticism. Lindsay said something really important that I think the experts should have picked up on immediately she says that she's sad all the time now this is pointing to serious issues that were there before mark and will be there after mark you need to deal with that now if you have a patient coming to you and saying i am sad all the time do you things think, need to be halted do you think that could be translated to depression yes and why are we not dealing with it why are we saying 
well, you're on the show. Let's keep it going. You need to work on things with Mark. Mm-hmm. Let's get her some help. I criticize her a lot, but I think if someone's sitting in front of you and saying, I am sad all the time. Right. That's just sort of ring like alarm bells. In Especially your head like, as a professional. Like, I need to help this person. Yes. There should have been additional resources. There should have been more counseling. And seeing on the next time on, this is on them. Absolutely. Lindsay brings up the relationship with her mother, how strained it is, and the negativity she faced as a child growing up. I hate to say it, but Lindsay is treating Mark the way that her mother treated her. Criticizing her, putting her down, treating her less than. Dr. Pepper says that she needs to give Mark her emotions in a way that does not invite combat. I think it's going to take so much more than just this one meeting to get her to realize that and to realize how she can switch things. After their meeting, Lindsay and Mark come together to talk about their separate meetings. Mark opens up about feeling like his dad and he becomes emotional. While I think Lindsay did well trying to comfort him, I don't know if much came from this conversation because I felt like they tried to use the tools they learned. For example, Lindsay comforting him and asking him questions versus being combative. But in the end... Lindsay says that Mark answered all of the questions to the best of his abilities versus saying he answered them and I respect that or I answer that and I was satisfied with that. It was still a criticism of him. The best of his ability, but it was still shit. Yeah, that's exactly how I took it. Noi and Steve. Noi is meeting with Pastor Cal and the social media postings get brought up. I cannot stand this. I cannot stand this at all. Pastor Cal gives her advice and essentially says to avoid what she is currently doing. And we've said this probably five times now. Do not invite others to have an opinion on your relationship. Don't put that on social media. Be careful of who you tell about the problems in your relationship because they are not tied to this other person. So they are going to kind of, they are going to be swayed. They're they're not going to have a perfect even response. Also, they probably like you more than them anyway. (laughs) So it's just, do not invite others to have an opinion that may affect your relationship. Pastor Cal asks Noi about her insecurities, and she says, finances, which makes complete sense in the greater scheme of things. Noi explains how she has never asked Steve to get a job or had the conversation because it's hard for her. Why is it easier to go to social media and give everyone else this opportunity to have an opinion versus you going straight to your husband and saying, hey, this is what I need? It's almost like you don't have to. Maybe you're fearful of that. You're just fearful of what that conversation may bring. Then you don't need to be married. Right. So it's just easier to be like, well, let me just post my feelings on social media. This is what you do in middle school and high school when you can't have a serious conversation with your partner. You say, I'm going to post this here really vague and then they're gonna see it and then they're gonna feel bad and they're gonna come to me just have the conversation noi does not need to be married i say it every single week steve is meeting with dr pepper and also brings up the social media he has made it very clear that this is a boundary for him it's interesting because he's sort of like a, a extrovert to a sense but there's certain things you do want to keep private yeah and like I, arguments I'm, with your spouse. I'm told, yeah, I, I get it. Like your relationship, you know, if, if you feel like, hey, we need to keep this private between us. Hey, this is our thing, especially if we're having arguments, right? Like I don't want to just broadcast to the world that we're having disagreements. 
I do like that he was so upfront about that yeah. and direct with her. Dr. Pepper brings up Steve not having a job and Noi's feelings of this. She wants Steve to directly plan with Noi and address her fears. And that's perfect. That's exactly what they need because this is like the main problem in their relationship. They're probably totally fine. Aside from the finances, granted, that's a massive problem. Talking after their separate meetings was so annoying. It was, it was, it almost got, it got worse. It was painful. She was so unresponsive and not receptive to anything Pastor Cal said. You noticed this first that she just couldn't make eye contact with Steve. She rolls her eyes. She smirks. She looks away. She cannot have a conversation. When she's talking to him, she's looking at the ground. This woman does not need to be married. Yeah, if, if you all missed that section or just didn't catch it for whatever reason, if you go back and just watch that little couch conversation, she's almost never speaking, like looking eye to eye contact. No. Especially, glance, especially no. when they're trying to have this very serious conversation of like how we can improve our relationship. It was very cringy to watch. And I expected her to sort of take the advice a little bit better. Seriously. Like, I expected her to take it seriously. But when Steve sort of started to poke and prod about like, hey, like, I I don't feel comfortable with this. You shouldn't be doing this. In the end, Noi mentions like, well, you have like your social media. I'm mine. Pastor Cal's his own. Like, I'm going to do what I want. And I'm like, you don't, you totally just missed the fucking point. The quote was, I mean, I know you're upset and frustrated. And one of the things Pastor Cal said is that if you're having issues in your relationship that you shouldn't open up to the public, but it's my social media. She even lies and says the post wasn't about you. No, she said like, not really about you. That's true. It wasn't really directed at you. I was like, what do you mean not really? Like there's either, yes, it was. No, it wasn't. Not really means, yeah, it kind of was. But that's not... Don't don't put me in that. That's weird. She doubles down and said, it wasn't about you, but sometimes I feel that way in our marriage. Okay. What does that even mean? What does that mean? <laughs> she says, I agree with Pastor Cal, but he's separate from me. You're separate from me. And I'm my own person and I can make my own decisions. It sounds like you want to be single because you want to only care about yourself, your own life, your own decisions. So do not be married. You know, I, I really wanted Noi and Steve to work, but no, I'm just, no, I'm just annoyed now. Yeah, it's just, it's just, it's almost like you can just see it not working out. They had a financial conversation later in the episode, but it was really general and kind of how they would split finances. It wasn't, hey, I have this amount. This is my plan. Do mm. you feel comfortable with what I'm contributing? How can I contribute more? So I didn't feel like the conversation really addressed her fears. It just They just kind of talked about how they're splitting bills. Yeah, or I think they even talked about like if they were to have kids, like diapers and stuff. In the next year. Or within a year, they said. I, or next I year. I honestly don't feel like... St- he said he was kind of cool with it, but... Yeah, I said he was fine with that, but there's no way because he wants to live this very free lifestyle still, and I don't see him It seems kid. like Steve is still very much like, I, you know, I do still want to travel a lot, see the world, experience things. There's a lot that comes with a kid, is what I'm trying to say. They talk about changing diapers, and it was essentially, oh, whoever notices will change the diaper, which is fine, but... 
I feel like her expectation is going to turn into how this is going with sushi. Oh, yeah. It's your dog, but I'm walking your dog? Yes. Now, of course, if the person that does have more time, and sure, that's going to fall to that person, but I think she's going to use that the way she kind of throws sushi in his face. She's going to do that with a kid. That's scary. Hopefully the child will be different because the child wasn't around before the relationship. Versus like, this is my fucking pet goldfish. Go feed it. I'm like, this isn't my fish. (laughs) I feel like she would use it as ammo, but I really hope not. Jasmina and Michael. During the meeting with Pastor Cal, Michael explains how he is doing things because he wants to do them now. Prior, he was explaining how he was doing things out of obligation as his role as a husband. Then the conversation of physical touch is brought up. I didn't love this conversation either. Pastor Cal says that Michael needs to rise as a husband and essentially reach out to Jasmina, touch her. Is and it almost like take, like, the, take the lead? Take the lead, but I feel like he's pushing that too hard. They've known each other for five weeks, and I think going off of your partner's comfort level does matter. It's a, it's I a guess, fine yeah, line to me. It's almost like if I've never put my hand on your lower back, unless I ask you or, like, I try yeah. it and you kind of give me a signal, like, how would I know? So yeah. you, do, you, do you sort of have to, like, slowly, like... I guess it's slowly, but also, I also want him to really feel her out. What if she, like, really doesn't want to be touched? But that also came from the point of... Someone has to, I guess. No, no, no. But but he he came in with, you know, we used to kiss kiss goodnight Mm -hmm. at night because, you know, felt like that was a natural thing to do. And then he sort of stopped doing that. Well, because she told him that she was feeling obligated to do that. So he didn't want her to feel obligated. Which then Pastor Cal made some example of, like... Like over time, you sort of, you know, because you, you like learn about the person, mm-hmm. you appreciate them. It, it sort of becomes more of a like, now it's more like an affection thing. Like, oh, I care about this person. We're kissing goodnight, that kind of thing. Like, but now that you've taken that away, you've sort of removed that availability of that moment, which I think that's sort of what stemmed the whole like, you need to push a little because you're not going to get there. Yeah, just waiting. You're just, yeah, you're just not going to get there waiting. But also, I'm like, eh, you really got to, you got to have a conversation with her or something. During the meeting with Dr. Pepper, Jasmina says that she doesn't know enough about Michael's past. But we have no idea about Jasmina. Like, what? how does she feel about her mom? What, what is the relationship there? Why does she only do long-distance relationships? Why is that your preferred relationship? To say we know nothing about Michael, but we know a lot about his past traumas and why he is the way he is in certain situations, I don't think that's fair to say at all. Because we really don't know anything about Jasmina. It was super sad to see, but Jasmina says that she doesn't feel anything when Michael touches her. I mean, those words, honestly, to me, are so powerful. It immediately leads me to believe that they're they're another no. Yeah. They're another no on decision day. There's nothing there. I mean, as bad... I root for them every week, and every single time there's a good interaction with them, I love it. Like, I think in previous shows, they always mention, like, they might mention, like, a, the, the spark or a spark. And she says there's nothing. There's nothing. That's, like, that's very scary, considering it's been this long. And, and mind you, th- these folks are spending a ton of time together. They live together. Yeah. The fact that there's nothing, when the cameras are away, they must be just, like, total friends, just hanging out. No touching. In the same just, room, just, yeah. like, you know, playing some board games or whatever they're doing. <laughs> uh, I really wish they would work. 
I keep thinking back to their wedding when I see them, really rooting for them and seeing how much they had fun with each other. But if they don't feel anything, that's hard. Their group activity this week was volleyball. Again, I think it's super weird that they have group activities. They force a lot of group things and I don't know. I feel like a lot of them naturally hang out. So it is interesting that they make them do these group activities. Did you think it was weird that Isaac and Katina rode with Mark and Lindsay? Um, After that big fight? You know, there's been some time. Maybe they're a little bit better. I mean, yeah, if you're driving with someone, you're decently close with them, I feel like. Because then you can kind of shoot the shit. Yeah. I was surprised. But hey, that's good they worked it out. After they play volleyball, they have a group talk and kind of check in on how everyone is doing in their marriage. What they don't know is that Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper are watching. Michael says he feels like they're doing better. And Mark says it's been a rough week. We see Lindsay completely divert from the conversation. Oh, I wonder how that got up there. I don't know what she like was talking about, like a ball or well, something. We're having a serious discussion. Like, yep. who gives a and shit about And she's cracking up and she's laughing and she's trying to bring other people to look up there. And this is exactly what we were talking about. In this conversation... Lindsay immediately criticizes Mark. Just everything ends with a criticism of him, of how what he's doing, what he's not doing, his lack of respect, his lack of consistency. It was interesting when the experts immediately called out like how quickly he shuts down. But why are they wondering this? Because she's clearly criticizing him. They also give him shit about his body language and how he is leaning away from her as she is reaching her hand out. And I don't think that's fair because she's going against what you told her to do. But we're not calling her out on that. Mm -hmm. We're saying, oh, look at his body language. Oh, she's trying to touch him and he's not having it. Why aren't we saying Lindsay not only diverted, but now she's just immediately criticizing him? Why aren't we talking about that? Isaac talks about his conversation with Dr. Pepper and is talking mad shit. Isaac says Dr. Pepper didn't help him at all and it was a waste of time. Katina doesn't say one word during this conversation, his rant that he's going on, even when he brings up the fact that Dr. Pepper believes that he's belittling his wife. She didn't say that he isn't. I couldn't tell if maybe the, the whole like devil's advocate me thinks like maybe today she just wasn't up for like the cameras, the bullshit. And then she's like, I just don't want to I don't want to film. I don't want to talk like we're on this fucking thing. I really, she, some of her mode looked a little like. Like, we're just fucking here. I hope she was tired and just didn't want to do it today versus just being, like, emotionally drained and exhausted. Like, they made me fucking play volleyball. I'm not trying to play volleyball. I don't know, but it kind of did play in perfectly with the whole, it like, did. You, you speak for the, the relationship. You know, you don't let her speak. Uh, you're you're very, you very much dominate the conversation. Like, it almost lined up perfectly. But it, it did look like she was almost... Not defeated, but just like maybe stuck or I don't know. just didn't seem like herself. No. Isaac was surprised when Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal showed up, but it was almost like he was doubling down. He didn't really care. I think he was surprised, but he was going to talk his shit. Yeah. In part of his ramble, Isaac says that he is not in love. And I think that hurt Katina. He said it so nonchalant. Yeah, and then just moved on to the next thing. Very quickly. Yep. Moving to Mark and Lindsay, Dr. Pepper suggests that Mark touch Lindsay, even when they are arguing, to say, I'm still here. Mark explains how he told Lindsay last night that he was still here and that he isn't going anywhere. 
And Lindsay followed that up with criticism again. She said, I heard it, but I felt like the actions were the opposite. She just can't take anything he says. No. She says, I know he's a good man, but he drives me bananas. Again, we can't just stop at the first part. Then we move on to Jasmina and Michael. And Jasmina says she's not uncomfortable with Michael. She just feels nothing. That might be worse. That sucks. On the next time on, we have the couples retreat. This is the highlight of every season. And Leon's favorite part. I just think the couples retreat... It just makes conversa- conversation happen, makes dialogue happen. If there's drama, it gets you know it gets brought up at the couples retreat. Some seasons have had really good moments. Some, some you know, it's just a good time, and maybe some just straight drama. Maybe one couple's just having like a really bad time. I'm going to assume it's going to be Mark and Lindsay this go around. Well, we see it start pretty rough. They're playing a game, and they ask, "Who is most likely to start a fight?" Everyone turns their card over and they all agree. Lindsay. And then she proceeds to start a fight. The, I'm sure the, the, a lot of these people are really cool. You know, I wish them the best, but I mean, I feel really bad that I feel like a lot of these are not going to work out. No, I don't. Yeah. You know, the whole, you say it all the time, you know, I love love. And I'm like, man, I, I do. I, I want it to work out for folks, but you just see why it's just, it's just not meant to be at this moment in time. That's why I love the old seasons so much. Because I love seeing people fall in love. And now I feel like couples are matched on their trauma. But it might be also those previous seasons. It was almost like you were going to give the person a chance. It seems like these latest seasons, you are more quick to sort of like, no. Yeah. You know, this, this I mean, we, yeah, we saw it the last two seasons. This, this, nah, like, I'm not going to nah, do this. This isn't going to be. This they don't look like what I thought. Yeah. like Which I, I don't feel like I got that in the previous ones. I also feel like on these newer seasons, no one really cares about the divorce. That's not even like that big of a deal to them. And also a lot of them are on here because they just want the fame of that. Right. The couples retreat is weird. We talk a lot of shit about the group activities, but I actually do like the couples retreat. I do, but I think throughout the season, what my issue is, I want less of that. But the couples retreat is still dope. Yeah. I don't know why it bothers me so much. Maybe because I want more expert time. I want to see the process. I want to see them do activities to get to know each other, not to build friendships. I think that's my rub. Now, there was more on the next time on, but I want to finish it with Lindsay and Mark. We see them get into a fight, and on the drive home, she tries to exit the moving vehicle. When I stated earlier that she said she was sad all the time, this is what I'm talking about. This is on them. Them being the experts in the show. If someone's coming to you with a very big complaint like that, which is a clear signal to me that there are mental health issues going on, that needs to be taken care of over the show. I really hope the shot we saw of her in a hospital, it looked like a hospital, yeah. is just, we're just checking on you, and she was not seriously hurt. Well, thankfully, looking at the scene, there was no monitoring on her. There was not even an IV. There was, there, it wasn't like a trauma. Right, so right. she might have just been beaten up a little bit. I, of course, I want to say this is editing. This didn't really happen, but you can't cut and edit together someone opening the door to a moving vehicle. 
I'm hoping that she doesn't actually exit. If Mark grabs her back, if he slams on the brakes, something. I hope something prevents her from doing it and that she's in the hospital just to get checked out. But these two don't need to be married. They need to work on their shit separately. There's way too much for them to be in a healthy marriage. No, I would agree. And here's hoping everyone's good to go at the end of next episode. Anything else? No, no. Just, you know, thank you for... Definitely giving us some grace and, oh, and, thank and, you. Yes, and, yes. and putting this pot out, you know, later than usual, especially the maths episode, just like everyone else, you know, life happens, you know, family come in and just a lot of family activities that just family over everything. I got to see my extended family that I haven't seen for probably four years due to the pandemic. This is the first time seeing everyone. So I decided to host a dinner, which was one of our first big dinners that we hosted. We've had smaller gatherings at our house but this is definitely the biggest gathering we've had and so you know i gotta make the house look like no one lives here so lots of cleaning scrubbing really random things and after that my nieces and nephews asked if they could spend the night and you know i'm not gonna say no to those faces so while i anticipated i would still get maps out on friday yeah there's no fucking no little the little kiddos running around you know gotta entertain them yeah And so, and then the next day we did more family activities and then we were just burnt out. We needed an evening to just chill for a couple hours before we go to bed. So thank you so much for your grace. It was a crazy weekend full of love though. And so I really appreciate your guys' love and patience. Yeah. So thank you. And we'll see you all next week. Stay safe, stay healthy, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.